Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everybody, this is Turk182. And I'm Akomi. And uh, thank you for joining us again for our Watchmen character breakdown as we go into part two of Rorschach. Um, so in yeah. between... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in between episodes, um, that was just kind of... Uh, we, we both got our, our Watchmen uh, source material here that we're looking at. And in between episodes, uh, I was looking at this and... and um, there's a uh, this uh, this panel here, this page where uh, Rorschach goes to the the newspaper vendor to buy a copy of the New Frontiersman, and um, he also gets a copy of the Gazette. And I think it's interesting. This is right after Doctor Manhattan goes to Mars. Yeah. And the the vendor says um, he says sure. He goes uh, there. You are. You know, I had it tagged for a red smear from the start. I'm a news vendor. How about you? I see the world didn't end yesterday because. Kovacs is always walking around with a sign that says that, you know, the end is near. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, I see the world didn't end yesterday. And he goes, are you sure? Yeah. And it's like, and, you know, to him, it's like, yeah, I understand the balance and what, you know, what Doc Manhattan represents, especially when we are like, you know, 30 seconds to midnight. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden he's gone. It's like, it didn't necessarily end, but, you know, that, I mean, that's it. It's like, like this is the end. Like now this they, there's nothing stopping it from coming. Like this right, is, you know, right. this is the very start of the end. And I, I, I like that he's like, yeah. He's like, it didn't end. He's like, are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Just because, just because the, the the bombs don't drop today, but they're coming. Well, that's the thing. Like there, there are like people who would define the end of the world as when society stops progressing and starts going downhill. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and we've talked about this off mic many times that, you know, there's a lot of people who theorize the world ended back in like 2012 or something like that. Right. It's like, yeah, just because we didn't have this cataclysmic thing where like cities started sinking into the ocean doesn't mean that society didn't stop developing and start getting worse and worse and worse. Right. And then, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, 2016 couldn't have gotten any worse. And now everybody's like, oh, 2020 couldn't have gotten any worse. And it's like, well... <laughs> It's like, there's a point of no return that, you know, just wait, people <laughs> Like you can't like you can't you can't stop it. it, it, yeah, it, it yeah. It's, it's a runaway train now. Um, so uh, an interesting thing, and I'm not sure if this is going to fall under Kovacs or if it's going to call it fall under Rorschach, but I think I'm going to put it under Rorschach, um, which is as we go through and, you know, we see that um, and I think at this point here, this, we don't even see even these say spoiler alert, but um that at this point here, we we know that um, that uh, this guy you've been seeing walking around this time, I mean, uh, everywhere with this sign that says the end is near, and he just walks in the rain, showing no emotion. You know, just walking around with this thing, and only everything he ever does is just goes like, you know, do you have the latest copy of the New Frontiersman? Yep. That's it. But you see him before we know that that's Rorschach. You see him everywhere, mm-hmm. and the thing is that. When we, if you go through and you look at the at the book, you see him um, at the funeral. So yep. he's walking around, and you know, someone that's walking around like that with their sign, you're gonna see them um, like in their normal territory. So if he's in the city like he normally is, right, you're gonna see him walking around the city. You wouldn't see him on the outskirts of the city at the cemetery walking around with the sign. Right. That that's yeah. like you know you you're gonna walk your normal path or whatever, but you're not gonna stray outside of that. Like, why would you? Mm-hmm. But we see this guy with a sign walking around the cemetery. Um, and then we see when, um, uh, when Dan and Lori go to, uh, go to dinner 
Mm-hmm. We see him there, um, like, uh, see, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not the dinner. It's when they go, cause they're in the rooftop restaurant, the dinner. It's when they go to lunch later on. Yep. And we see him there walking around, you know, outside the, the restaurant there when they're, you know, when they're, uh, having, having lunch. And, and then of course we find out later that that's Rorschach. Uh, and it's like he's been, it's, he's been keeping tabs on them. He's yeah. been watching out for them. They don't know it, and he's not even making himself. He's not being like I, I'm. Like he's not. He's. It's like a subconscious thing, but he's not. He's not making it known that I'm looking out for them. But he's. But he's there. He's always there, mm-hmm. just watching, watching out for them, and in a sense, probably protecting them. He yeah. wouldn't do anything at that moment, but he he knows he's been just keeping tabs on all of them because, regardless of anything else, or I say I say them. I would say probably more Dan than everybody else because. Lori spends all of her time at the at the base and the mm-hmm. research facility, so she never leaves. Osmandis stays in his glass tower; he never leaves. But his one friend, he's always watching out for him. Mm-hmm. And, and when Lori shows up, knowing that he knows Dan the way he does, right, and that Dan, you know, has a thing for Lori, obviously he would. Is like, here's this woman coming into his life. You know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I'm gonna look out for him. So here I am walking around, and then of course he's at the at the um he's at the um. At the funeral, paying his respects, even mm-hmm. though he Rorschach pays his respects later, he's there at the time of the service, paying his respects. But he's there, looking out for him always. He's always there, yeah. yeah. And and his whole shtick of you know, kind of making himself um, uh, unnoticeable because you know he's got this. It's like a crazy person. Like you never yeah. wanted to ask him how they're doing because they might just tell you. Yeah, you know, no, so. nobody pays attention to the dregs of society. There was actually an Usagi Ojimbo story like that. Where um, this proud samurai who served under the same lord that Usagi did, uh, just he disappeared for years. And so in one story, Usagi meets his son and they're just hanging out. And then like they go their separate ways and the son gets ambushed by bandits. And so they, they outnumber him, they're beating him. And then you just see this mangy one-eyed hobo with a missing arm just jump out of the woods and just slaughters them all. And so Usagi like comes on the scene, he's like... What just happened here? He's like, oh, you don't recognize me? He's like, oh, it's it's you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't recognize you. He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, that's the thing about samurais. They go out of their way not to notice beggars like me. He's, and so if you go back through that issue, he's on every single page within a few feet of the sun. He's just in the crowd and you never notice. Just following him along, just yep, watching out so for he's, him. He's been following his son for all those years. So it's that exact same thing where it's like, if you're not looking for him, you'll never, never notice him because people go out of their way not to notice that. So yeah, same exact thing. It's super cool. So um Rorschach Journal, um this is um uh, which chapter five, um, page eleven. Rorschach journal. Um he's a you know, woken at eleven by shouting outside, disturbed to find I had fallen asleep uh, without removing the skin from my head. Is a uh tireder than I thought, should be more careful. You know, across the street boys with spray cans are defacing abandoned buildings. Memorize the descriptions they prepare for work. So again, I'm not doing anything during the day because mm-hmm. you know this is this is Walter's time, this is Kovac's time. Um, <laughs> first peeled off face and folded it, um, hid inside jacket. Uh, without my face, nobody knows. Nobody knows who I am. On the way out of room, met landlady. Usually complain, uh, usually complain to hygiene um, and rent. There were purple bite marks on her fat white neck, fresh ones. She reminds me of my mother. And if you've got the kids there of you know different races. That, you know, you know, it's like 
he sees, he knows her and he recognized her, you know, he says, reminds me of mother. Obviously it does. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think in this regard, he, um, he's, he's almost, he's protecting the kids more than her. Right. You know, it's like, I know that anything I say or do to her, she's probably going to take out on the kids. Yeah. You know? And that even like, that even gets touched on after he breaks out of prison. Right. Cause he like, he's coming up to her and he's like, I don't appreciate the shit you said about me on TV. You, you told know, lies about me. You told lies about me. And Dan says, no dude, not in front of her kids. And he listens. He looks down at him and he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to put them through what I went through. So there, there's a, there's a lot to him that you don't, that you don't really see mm-hmm. because all you see is the, the, the brutality of him. Um, uh, and then that's it. And I love that. Again, you're talking about there's no emotion in, um, in Kovacs's face, mm-hmm. but when they're there and, um, and, you know, and, and, the, and she's, she's so afraid when she sees him there. And I, I love this. Like he bumps into her and he's like, Miss Sharp, long time, no see. You know, <laughs> um, it's on. like he tries so hard to. It's a chapter 10, page six. Gotcha. Gotcha. He um, tries so hard to just pepper in like regular niceties in his dialogue. And it, it makes it even more disturbing. It's like, just like when he was like. Yes, I'm. I'm doing fine. Happy Harry. How about yourself? It's like <laughs> it's way scarier than if you're just quiet. Yeah. And you know, and you know, he's sitting here, and and Dan tells him, or sorry, Night Owl tells him, he's like, Rorschach, come on, man, leave it. And which is interesting because he's not wearing his mask, but he calls him Rorschach, and mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't say anything because um, I think at this point it's it, it, like he's just like he's got his mask, he doesn't put it on, but he's got his mask, and he's like, there's. Like shit's coming to an end. It's like it's yeah, yeah. Rorschach and 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 all this. But he goes, uh, "Come on, let's leave." He goes, "Can't serious business, slur and reputation. How much did they pay you to lie about me, whore?" And she's like, "Oh, please, no, don't uh, don't say that. None for my kids. Please, they they don't know." Mm-hmm. And he looks down at them, and there's no emotion on his face, but you can see yeah. the emotion on his face. You can see him looking down at himself, and then he just says, "God, we came for you know, finished here." And I think it's interesting that at that point she says they don't know, and he looks and he's like, you, "They don't, they don't have to to bear the you know the uncomfortable knowledge of what I did when mm-hmm. I saw my mom yeah. there." Yeah. And it's like, so it's just like in this, I'll let it go. You yeah, know? in the psychiatrist notes when it shows the drawing from his dream when he was thirteen. Yeah, it's like it just it it broke him. It it really wrecked his development. And so, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I've got more I want to say about that, but I'm going to wait till we get to that part. But there's, <laughs> there's so much about him that is, it's, it's, uh, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to cut to the end here, um, which is, we've talked about how Rorschach has a, you know, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save, it, I'm gonna save, it, I'm gonna save, it, I'm gonna save it for the for the end of, of our Rorschach <laughs> discussion because I don't want to. Yeah. I, I I think it's more of a closer than anything else. Um, so I, I think so. I think there's a lot to um, to the way it ends for Rorschach. Um, but we we you know there's all this stuff in there that um you know and we talked about he and Dan and um and you know how they how they interact and like the 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 nature of their friendship and when he's like you know I'm sorry Dan you know you are a good friend to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of interesting as we're everything we've just talked about there. Um, 
like Dan doesn't realize what a good friend he's been to him right. all this time. You know, uh, it's like, yeah, I can kick in your door and no one's going to rob you because if they do, I'm going to come back for them later on. Mm-hmm. It's like, so all this time I've actually been looking out for you. You you just haven't been aware, but I also don't feel the need to call that out. Right. You know? Right. And the thing is like, yes, I've been kind of a jerk to you or, you know, if, you know, lived off of you, but I don't need to tell you that. Well, yeah, well, at the same time I've been protecting you over this, like, I, you do your part, I do my part, right, and right. and that's just how the friendship works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love uh, I love when Rorschach does this big transformation in. Uh, let's see what chapter is it? Chapter five, uh, page eighteen. You kind of get a sense of of how he views himself as Rorschach. It's halfway down the page. Says, uh-huh. oh, "You getting there?" Yep. I, this this will this will feed into when we start talking about his interaction with the uh, with the psychiatrist in prison. But halfway down the page, it says my things were my things were where I'd left them, waiting for me. Putting them on, I abandoned my disguise and became myself, free from fear or weakness or lust. My coat, my shoes, my spotless gloves, my face. It's so good, and I love the line, "My spotless gloves." Like he doesn't want to soil himself with the world. That's that is nice, and it's like in, like he, even though his his trench coat is is just is dirty and nasty, and mm-hmm. they they talk about you know how much he stinks, or whatever. But yep. his gloves, his gloves are spotless. Yep, you know. Yep, it's like his his mask is pure black and pure white, and his gloves are spotless. That's what's important to him. And then, of course, at the very bottom of that page, we get to see him just choke out a rapist, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> just the just the guy, the look on his face, like oh shit, I I'm dead now. And this line here is a great line, and I think it could get lost in translation, which is where Rorschach says, um, you know, uh, you know there, there's the rapist there. Um, and it, what's great is that he's like he's in the process of putting his face on when he sees this guy. Mm-hmm. It's like he's just now starting and the, the night. And there it is. And he goes, approach disturbance and attempted rape mugging both clear throat. The man turned uh, I'm sorry, the man turned and there was something rewarding in his eyes. Sometimes the night is generous to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. It's like, and some people be like, oh yeah, it's like, now I get to go brutalize somebody. It's like, no, it's like, it's like sometimes like the night is generous to me. Like, oh, here's someone, here's another bad guy I get yeah. to remove, you know, from the, from this equation. It's like, yeah. yes. And here's one more person I get to protect. Right. And it's like, it could be, it could be nice where I don't do anything for, except for like, stop somebody from spray painting or so whatever because you know he says i take note of those guys faces so yeah, he's gonna go yeah. back later but, he's but sometimes <laughs> right sometimes the night is generous to me whereas like i find a real scumbag that i can just you know take care of <laughs> um and again all a part of him you know kind of just looking out for the the city yeah. I'm like there's what's that that batman quote it's like um it's like it's not the not the the person we want, or was it the the, the person we need? You know, it's like oh, it's not like, the hero that the city needs, but the hero the city deserves. Right. Yeah. There you go. So anyway, so we go through all of this, and um, I guess now we should probably get into that because I don't want to talk about the origins of Rorschach, because right. um, I think that t- even even with the even with the the mask, without um, I think that's all a part of of Kovacs becoming Rorschach. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll kind of turn that opening part over to you there, sir. Uh so we get to him getting set up and arrested by the police, which we never really talked about any of his interactions with Moloch, but 
I love all the times he interacts with Moloch. The first time bursting out of the fridge, and then the second time he just leaves a note in the fridge that says behind you. So when Moloch <laughs> turns around, he's just behind him. And he just like takes the gun out of his hand. All that stuff is great. But so, so um, I'm actually looking at that part right now as he pushed them in the fridge and he takes a an egg. A raw egg out of the egg card <laughs> yep. and cracks it and then just slips it, uh, slips, slips it down <laughs> like, like a fucking animal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so he gets set up, framed. Uh, I mean, I, I, we've, we've spoiled this entire thing every time. Everybody knows this is a spoiler heavy review. So, uh, so Vite has set him up, killed Moloch and framed him for it. The, the cops managed to chase him out of the building and catch him. And he gets brought into prison. That's when we finally see them take off his face. And, uh... Oh, I hate to I hate to interrupt here, but the next page has something that um, I think kind of uh, goes back to what we said. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I guess maybe the, the last episode is... And this is just a, a, another part of the mask for storytelling of, uh, of Alan Moore. It's just this whole page, this nine-panel page with, the, uh, with these cops. And... And that's it. That's just this page where they're at a, a murder scene. And um, and she says, uh, he said, uh, the woman's talking. She's um, giving a statement to the police. And she says, um, he said there was going to be a war with the Russians. Said he wanted to spare the little ones. Dominique, she kept saying, what, what, which is like war. Then she just, uh, she's just three. She repeats things. And then, uh, oh, it's like, it's okay, Miss Hirsch. Like, no more questions. And the one cop says, Jesus, what happened? He goes, Guy worried about nuclear war killed both kids in front of their mom, then opened his jugular. Like, and, and that, that's the thing is like, what did, you know, what did we just say is like, you know, uh, it's like, you know, the, the world didn't end yesterday is like, are you sure? You know, it's like, <laughs> are you sure? And it's like, and here, what do we have? You know, what we have like this happening now is like, we have this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, it's, it didn't just, just wink out of existence, but right. yeah, it's, 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 it's ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, but you, you were going, uh, uh, yeah. So we finally, you know, they, they catch him. They talk about how much he stinks because of his aftershave. Uh, I'm pretty sure he does not use nostalgia. They uh, talk, they talk about how he wears elevator shoes to appear taller. <laughs> in the, um, in the movie that's, uh, when they, when they capture him in the movie. Yeah. It's such a great scene. It's oh, a, yeah. it's a beautiful scene, but I, I love about that is when he realizes that he's been set up um, and, and the cop, you know, in the show here shows he's, he's, he's like, no, no, no. The way that, that Jackie or Hurley plus that part oh, in God, there, he is it's perfect. It, it's, it, he's like, he, he realizes that he's like, shit, I fucked up. It's like, you know, yep. I'm so focused on this one thing. I wasn't paying attention. He's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's so well done that he was born to play the role of Rorschach. And, you know, every once in a while, somebody is just born for their role. Robert Downey Jr. was born to be Tony Stark. He was born to be Rorschach. He is so perfect in that role. He And he had a hard time, like, he didn't like playing that role. He was, he, he's, I saw an interview <laughs> with him. And he was place like, to get into. Yeah, he said that it was like, like, getting into that was not something that he, that was very comfortable for him, getting <laughs> into that role. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're, since we're getting into that now, like, you've got to go to a really fucking dark place to play Rorschach. So, uh... I really like his interactions with the prison psychiatrist. So chapter six, we open up with him talking to the prison psychiatrist. Uh, he's showing him the, uh, he's showing him the, the Rorschach blot tests and he like holds one up and Rorschach flashes back to a dog with its skull split open. 
He says, so what can you see? And Rorschach goes, a pretty butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the, the psychiatrist, I think, is an interesting character because the more he interacts with Rorschach, the more you can see him breaking down in really subtle ways. And there's really obvious stuff, like his marriage falls apart and things like that, and he like mm-hmm. destroys dinner with guests because they're like, oh, no, tell us all about this big case you're working. And then he's like, yeah, this guy kidnapped and, and <laughs> murdered a little girl and fed her to his dogs, and Rorschach did what he did to him. Right. And just like, you can see all that stuff, but it's the little subtle things that really stood out to me in watching the psychiatrist kind of breaking down because... After Rorschach dumps the hot oil on the guy, he says the guards intervened. This is the psychiatrist journal. The guards intervened, dragging Kovacs away to solitary and the other man at the prison hospital. According to the warden, his burns were horrific, hot cooking fat. I don't like to think about it. As they dragged him away, Rorschach spoke to the other inmates. He said, none of you understand. I'm not locked up in here with you. You were locked up in here with me, which I think that's one of the best lines in Watchmen. But then Fuck you, Adam's family. <laughs> But then he says, uh, I just read back what I've written down above the sixth line, uh, what I've written above. The sixth line down should read, Kovacs spoke to the other inmates. Kovacs, not Rorschach. So even he's starting to, re- like, realize, I, Rorschach's the real guy. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's not even a conscientious thing. It's like, he's trying to force him into the role of Kovacs. And he can't. You know, what I think is interesting about, you You talk, talk about the psychiatrist breaking down, and what I think is interesting about that is, here's a guy who, and we, we've said this before, he's a shitty psychiatrist. Oh, he's, he's terrible. terrible. Yeah. He, he's, he's horrible. He's in way over his head with this, but here's a guy that believes that the world operates in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And... And he, cause he says, I'm just like, well, you know, Walter. And he's like, you know, you keep calling me that. I don't like that. You know, he's like, he's like, well, and he sees, he's, he's being, he's like, he's like, oh, what, what would you like to be called? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and his, he thinks that like, this is just your run of the mill crazy person. He's like, I don't like that. And I don't like you. And, you know, and I, I think that's when it really, <laughs> when Bad, you're rich, when it really scares him. It's like, yes. but yeah, here's a guy that thinks that the world operates in a certain way. And, and you, why you know about these deep dark crimes like when you're watching something on tv like you know like on like the investigative discovery channel whatever like some horrific crime and you know i told you that i used to watch some of those shows and i do have my fascinations about different things you know mm-hmm. like uh you know i fascinated about i don't say fascination because it's nothing that that i find i'm curious about how these things work yeah um but it's nothing that i find i fascinated with that i'm entertained by it you know uh, i don't want to be entertained by it so um, I don't watch those shows anymore because I, I find myself being, um, cause I, I'm watching to be entertained, you know, right, right. I, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like, like a modern day, like Roman Coliseum. I, if I, I'm watching it because I want to be entertained. I, I don't, I don't just watch it because like, oh, well, I'm just going to like, I don't really give a shit. I'm not invested in this thing at all. And I, I don't really care about my time. You know, I, right. I can just as well go to sleep right now as so, what. It's like, no, I'm watching because I want to be entertained and I'm watching this and, and it's some story about someone that was horrifically murdered by somebody and this and that. And then later on, I find myself telling somebody about this show that I watch. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm being entertained by someone else's misfortune. Right. You know, and like, that's not good. And, but also I can distance myself from that, Mm -hmm. you know, because and I'm watching on TV and it's, you know, dramatized and this. And so there's this, there's this kind of like, this this layer this kind of like a like a gauze of it's um not this not real but that it um that it's it's 
it's not reality. Like right, those things right. happen, but you know, they don't happen here. You know, right, it's like that right. kind of thing. And, it'll never happen to me. Right. And, <laughs> and, and because it is, you know, like we've got some you know parts of it that are, we've got this, this host that's, you know, you know, uh, that's uh telling the story. And then we've got a little bit of dramatization there and, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff that, um, that it's, it, it almost comes across as if it's like a, maybe a movie or a TV show, not real life. We know they are real right. life events. Right. Yeah. And so you, you can kind of divorce yourself from that reality. Right. And this guy, I think, sees that until here he is face to face with someone and he's not telling him stories about stuff that he heard. Right. He's telling him stories about shit that he did. This yeah. is stuff that I saw. I took part in. It's like, here's what I did and here's why I did it. Right. And, and if you'd been there, you'd be in the same fucking spot I'm in, buddy. <laughs> And now this guy's been forced to, you know, to face reality about these kind of things really do exist. They do happen to people. And where before I don't know any of those people, now I'm directly connected to this because I'm face to face with a person. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's no, I mean, because Rorschach never says anything like I didn't do it. I'm not Rorschach. Yeah. I mean, any any like crimes or like you know that they say or anything they say he did, he's like, I mean, they don't actually show there, but he doesn't. He doesn't say I didn't do it. He doesn't try to please like I'm Rorschach. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and uh, that goes back to that earlier page where he's like, I, I abandoned my disguise and become my true self. Rorschach is the true self. But uh, it, one one page that's interesting, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but chapter six, page sixteen, um, about a third, about two thirds of the way down the page, the psychiatrist's writing style changes in his journal. And it kind of fits more with Rorschach's cadence. And like I said, maybe I'm just reading into that too much and I want there to be something that there's not. But you know, like when he opens it up, he's still writing normally. He's writing complete sentences. There's no like grunting or short sentences or whatever. Uh, he's talking about, uh, he never says what it is that compels him. Oh, this is the second row of panels. It's not his childhood, his mother, or Kitty Genovese. Those things just made him overreact to the injustice in the world. They're not what sent him over the edge. They're not what turned him into Rorschach. It's as if continual contact with society's grim elements has shaped him into something grimmer, something even worse. If only I convince him, if only I could convince him that life isn't like that. The world isn't like that. I'm positive it isn't. But then here, the next row, bought a gazette on my way home, including a small piece about Kovacs, which the news vendor pointed out excitedly. Like, instead of saying, I stopped by and picked up a gazette on the way home, mm-hmm. it's just that short, choppy sentence, bought a gazette on my way home. And that's more the way that Rorschach writes in his journal. And right. the way Rorschach talks. And I think that's, I, I think that what's happening there is that Rorschach is getting to him even in his speech patterns. And like I said, I could be totally wrong about that. I see that because he says here, um, the, co- the coincidence is trivial, but unsettling. Yeah. So yeah. is the front page. Russian tanks have entered Pakistan on 7th Avenue. Someone spray paints silhouette. You know, it's like it's, he's, he's talking in that same way. Yeah. And then of course he can't sleep at night. Yeah. You know, and even, even the last panel was too exhausted to take in all the details and suggest in an early night. So I think that that's what's happening because right after he says the world isn't like that, I'm positive it isn't. And then he just starts slipping into the Rorschach worldview. And I love the, the next page panel two. Well, panel, panel one and two. Where he goes, hello, Rorschach. How are you today? In prison. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't have to say anything else. Like, I'm in prison. Like, <laughs> so good. And it's, I mean, it's, it's so funny. Like, he didn't have to say, like, that's a stupid question to ask me. Right. It's just like, here you go. I'm going to give you an answer that's going to make you feel stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It, it, he, Rorschach, like, being, um, 
uh, it just being in this, this, like this world, uh, like this guy, he, I say he, he, he was so unprepared for all of this. And then he just, he just gets it just slapped in the face with it. And then he, he has to kind of face the fact that like, that this is how, like, this is what, how life is. Like these things really happen. Mm-hmm. And he's so old that he can't really properly like digest it and, and break it down. And that's why at the dinner party, he just spits it back out. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can't really stick fully. I'm too old to really fully take it all in and, and, and understand it. It's just, it's just sitting there weighing on, on me. And it's, it's like, um, it's like, like things being layered. And so instead of it, you being able to kind of like eventually like mix in with everything else, just become a part of it, it just sits there on top. Mm-hmm. And then it's the first thing that comes back out. <laughs> Fat, wealthy, think you understand pain. I'll tell you something, doctor. I'll tell you about Rorschach. <laughs> it's all so good. So should we go into Rorschach's childhood or should we go into the kidnapping? Um, so, uh, um, uh, let's, I guess let's do the childhood. I, I, I think, think the childhood, because he talks about the childhood before he talks about. And, and I think that that kind of really helps to kind of lead into things, um, and who he is. And I would say that after, out of everything that Rorschach has been through, it would be very easy for him to become this, this psychopath, become the opposite of who he is. Mm-hmm. But throughout all of that, he still finds a way or he still becomes a better person. It's like, I don't use this, my childhood and everything that happened to me to become this, this horrible, this beast, this, that is going to terrorize society. It's like all the stuff that happened to me shouldn't have happened. Right. And I'm, and I'm going to take this and say that, you know, this never should happen to me. So instead of making it happen to somebody else, making them suffer, I want to make sure that it doesn't happen to anybody else. Right. right. And and that's how I, it's, it's kind of interesting to that. But uh, when he's meeting with psychiatrists, when he's, he's telling him that, you know, I'm going to show you like who I am, you know, show you all this stuff. He says, um, he asked the psychiatrist because he's like, you know, why are you doing this? He's like, well, I care about you. And he's like, really? He goes, because other people down the cells behavior more extreme than mine. You don't spend any time with them, mm-hmm. but then they're not famous. They won't get your name in the journals. You don't want to make me well, just want to know what makes me sick. He goes, you'll find out. Have patience, doctor. You'll find out. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that Rorschach says this. It's like, okay, well, this is what you want to know. And I'm going to tell you. But it's, it's, it's like, do you really want to know these things? It's like, because once I tell you, then you're going to be in my world. Yep. And the whole reason I do this is so that you don't have to be in my world. Yep. You know, so there are people out there that can really use your help. I'm not one of them. Yep. I see things perfectly clear. And he goes, but if this is what you want, then fine. I'm going to open your eyes to it. Yeah, it's like I, I tried to <clears throat> warn you. I tried to keep you away from this. Uh, I do like the, I do like the last line of page 10 where he says, I made a face that I could bear to look at in the mirror. That's good. God, that's good. <laughs> oh, Alan Moore, you. Fucking genius, you. <laughs> but yeah, so the very first thing we see from Rorschach's childhood is when he's looking at the inkblot tests at the very beginning of the chapter. It's where he walks in on his his mom having sex with some dude. He gives her five bucks because it's more than she's worth. Right. <laughs> so, okay. Um, going into that... Um, Going back to what we talked about before, when he when he runs into um, his uh, his landlord, yeah, 
And she's like, you know, please, they don't know. And the looks a lot like his mom, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and she's like, you know, please, they don't know. And he's like, you know, I think in, in a sense, he he almost he's almost feels. I don't want to say better um, for her, but like he gives maybe maybe a little bit of respect for the landlord mm-hmm. to where it's like, you know, she's been careful not to let them know what she does mm-hmm. as where his mom didn't. So it's like in, yeah. in that sense, he's like, she cares, you know, yeah, yeah. she cares. And, and so he lets it, he lets it go. Yeah. Doesn't it talk about when he hears that his mom died, his only response was to say good. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, we saw about it's like, he, I don't think he hates women. It's just that he hates certain types of people. Right. And, right. and he, I think he sees women as being more of like, you were supposed to be the people that protect. Mm-hmm. Um, because he didn't have a guy, a father. So the only thing he has is, only thing he has is a mother. Right. right. And she didn't protect him. And he sees more of people like that, like the landlady who there's no father. There's just children Mm -hmm. and their, and her job and their job should be to protect them. And when you don't, that's when I have a problem with you. Right. right. Um, and even, even, even Lori's like Lori protects in a different way, Mm -hmm. but she protects. Right. Right. Um, but so. You know, here it is, uh, in that scene where, like, he's, he comes in on his mother and his father, and his mother doesn't even bother to, to close, close the, door. the door. Yeah. Or to tell him, like, you know, um, hey, stay in your room tonight or, or, you know, whatever else. Um, and, and then the first thing that happens is she takes that on him. She's like, mm-hmm. this is your fault. It's your fault that this guy only gave me $5. It's your fault that, you know, that I'm like, and, and that's the thing is like, this is how this is how my mother, the one person that's supposed to protect me mm-hmm. and keep me safe and explain things to me. This is how she treats me. She blames me for this, even though I have nothing to do with it at all. Right, right. And you have to assume, based upon all this, is that he was probably the child of a of a John, probably. Um, and I mean, he would almost have to have been. And yeah, and he say, he even says he's like, you know, hey, I thought this guy was hurting you. Yeah. And and again, she's like. Takes it out of him. It's like, you know. Beats the shit out of him. Yeah. It was like, how dare you come and try to protect me? You little <laughs> bastard. I can't believe she tells me she should have had the abortion. Yeah. Any parent who says that to their kids, that's just awful. And, and you know, I can't really tell what she does to him, but she hurts him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, that's. <sighs> Yeah, so when it's we, hard to read. <laughs> I was gonna say when we first started talking about you know about Watchmen and the whole thing was like all these people who didn't have these like a a role model or a figure, mm-hmm. you know, someone to look up to, and with everyone else they found somebody. Even Osmandius finds somebody. Rorschach never finds somebody. Mm-hmm. He makes his own person, and he makes a person that no one else can look up to that you shouldn't look up to. Right. Because he right. doesn't know what that feels like. Right. He doesn't know yeah. what that should be. But he knows that he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know, or it's the right thing as far as he sees it, but he doesn't know how to how to create a role model. And in his sense, it's like, it's, even if he even considers it, like to say, well, that's somebody else's job. It's, they, it's just, I'm just doing what I have to do. But I don't expect anybody to look up to me. I don't expect anybody to really do what I do. I'm a right, solo right. act. It's like he doesn't want that. Right. 
He doesn't want anybody to look up to him. He doesn't want anybody to think he's a hero. He just wants to do his job. And he and like so he never finds anybody to look up to at all. He just does what he does. Yeah. Um, and that turning point is the flashback when he's going to the store. Right. So, and, and you know what's interesting is that, like the guards that are that are like you know walking him through. You never really see any interaction between him and the guards either. Like, yeah. like they he he just does what he's done. You would think that they would be afraid of him. Yeah. And they may be, but you never see. It's just even these, these short panels there. You never see that they're in any way that they're that they're afraid of him. It's almost like like this guy is way too civil, mm-hmm. you know, for. For the guy we know, it's like too it, withdrawn, yeah. right? It's, it's almost like they they they're probably maybe even a little afraid because he is just so calm and, and orderly. Yeah, like all all throughout his time in prison, prison Rorschach is completely unflappable, and even like all of his interactions with the big figure, it's like that's the closest we see to any kind of personality out of him because he's just like eh, big figure, small world, right? <laughs> Such a dick move. Can you see, give me that that big figure, small world crap anymore, is he? <laughs> Fat chance. <laughs> so good. Such a badass. So then we have the encounter on the street with the with the bullies. Yeah. And um and uh, um and you know, in these in these you know, they're just being just just little bastard punks. Mm-hmm. Um and then they start attacking him and the thing is is when they start calling him a whore. Uh, a whore son. Whore son, yeah. You know, and that's what that's what really ticks him off is like, you know, um, it's, I, I know she is, you know who she is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have anything to do with that. Like, that's right. not my fault. That, that, it's not like I had any choice in the matter. Right. And, like, and I foisted on me. Right. And I can't change any of that. But then they're, they're attacking him as if he's like, oh, look at you. You're the son of a whore. It's like, oh, you like that whore son? And he's like, I didn't ask for that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, I didn't ask for any of this, you know? And, and I'm, and the thing is, I'm the victim here in more ways than one. And, you know, and then now you're, you're attacking me. And, and even worse, like when you see him attack the kids, there are people standing around there watching him be, you know, be accosted by these guys. Yeah. And they're not doing anything. Right. Yeah. Like nobody says anything when they're doing all this shit to him. But then when he starts fighting them, they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, we look at that. Oh, little filthy animal. It's like, right. Any of you as adults could have intervened and stopped this from happening. This is what gives Rorschach his taste of justice. Because his solution to the problem, it's like, you guys are attacking me for something I have no responsibility over. He blinds him and he bites his face off. Right. I mean, like, okay, problem solved. You know, it's it's that same nuclear reaction, that Chevy Chase nuclear reaction of, he was bullying me, now he will never bully me again. Problem solved permanently. Right. And, and it, it's, such a, it's such a fine line here, but it says here, you know, he, um, he partially blinded him, he was 10 years old. And like, but these guys are bigger than him. So they got to be like 13 to 15 probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and you're, you're bullying this kid. Why? Just to make yourself feel better because you think it's funny. Right. And then he attacks you and, and like, but that's your fault. Yeah. You're the yeah. one that stopped him. You're the one that caused all of this. So did he go a little extreme? Probably. But at the same time, though, I mean, it's not like this is something that's regular for him. You know, it's like, uh, 
It's like the thing with uh, with snakes. You know, right. like baby snakes are deadlier than adult snakes mm-hmm. because they can't regulate the the um their their venom. Right. So right. when they bite, they release all their venom, and you know, and uh, snakes only have like a like a uh, like a stored amount of venom. Right. And right. then you know, once they once they release it all, then they, they have to wait for that to to um to to build back up. Right. Yeah. So a baby snake, if it bites you, I mean, it's deadlier because they just give it all out. Mm-hmm. So here's the same thing. Here's basically a baby snake and you 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 provoke him and he attacks and he just goes all out. Um as opposed to another person maybe just like, okay, I'm going to like knock you down, you know, punch you a couple times. Like no, he he goes all out. But again, you asked for this. Yeah. He it's wasn't, like it would you know, cost you nothing to just walk by. Right. And the thing is, so not only do they stop him and they start making fun of him, then the guy takes like what the tomato or whatever it is and smashes it in his face. For absolutely no reason, because because you're the son of a whore. Again, that's that had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know that is, you know. So uh, yeah, you kind of got what was coming to you. You're lucky that you got off that light, right? Yeah. And then, uh, so I think this kind of ties into the next thing, which is these people sat there and watched them, watched him, like you know, uh, watched them, uh, you know, verbally assault him, and then you know, smash the the thing into his face, and, all, and they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But then when he fights back. Then it's just a big deal with it. But while it's going on, right, they're entertained. Like, it's like, yeah. he's just like, oh, well, yeah, that's what you get for being like a horse son or whatever it is. Like, right, that's yeah. what you get. And they just sit there and they watch and they don't do anything. Right. Yeah. Like anybody could have prevented that, which that that shapes Rorschach's whole worldview. That's the whole reason why he brings up the Kitty Genovese thing. It's like, right. Shit goes bad and people just watch. And I'm not content to do that. I'm going to intervene. And, and in a way that is like, just like him, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't in a position to fight back or couldn't fight back or maybe couldn't overpower him like I did when I was a kid, but I've been there. Yeah. It's like, and I, it's, this stuff is still happening where people are being attacked and other people are just standing there watching it and not intervening at all. They're not stopping it. And it's going to go wrong in one way or the other. Either they were going to keep beating on him until they like hurt him. Um, and the people were going to watch. And then it's like, after someone's been hurt, then people want to step in there. Well, but you're watching it go down. Right. Step yeah. in there now. Yeah. And so it's either either I'm going to fight back and hurt them, or they're going to hurt me. But either way, you guys are watching mm-hmm. and you're not doing anything. And mm-hmm. in the in the the case of Kitty Genovese, it's like you guys watched until it went all the way to this point here. Yeah. And then you still didn't you didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, what really hits me with him talking about the Kitty Genovese thing, uh, he says almost forty neighbors heard screams. Nobody did anything. Nobody called cops. Some of them even watched. Do you understand? Some of them even watched. I knew what people were then. Behind all the evasions, all the self-deception, ashamed for humanity, I went home. And you know the the whole Katie Genovese thing is based off of a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, I, I heard something about um, NPR maybe a couple years back, and the um, the the account had always been that it happened and people watched. Um, it actually started in one place and then ended because the person like followed them and finished the attack. Yeah. Like I think like a block away from their home or on their doorstep or whatever. But the whole time like they were crying for help and people didn't do anything and they yeah. heard it and they didn't do anything. They didn't try to get help at all. But um, you know, the leading up to the, the Kitty Genevieve's thing and what made that even worse was again, here's someone where he's directly involved in that. Yeah. yeah. So it starts off uh nineteen fifty six, age sixteen. 
So he's still just trying to live his life the best he can. Mm-hmm. Um, left the children's home because he was put in a children's home. Um, did you want to talk about that at all? The, the case, the psychiatric case files and all that kind of stuff, the reports? Um, uh, I mean, I, it doesn't really flow in with the direct story, but if you want to, we definitely can. Um, I haven't, I'm not as familiar with those because I kind of skipped over those last read through. Well, they basically just kind of like outline, you know, that he went to a kid's home and, mm-hmm. you know, and they were like, you know, this kid's, you know, psychopath or, you know, whatever. It's like he's got trauma, you know, his mother is this and that kind of stuff. But he left the kid's home at 16, um, became an unskilled manual worker in the garment industry. Um, he goes, uh, uh, job bearable, but unpleasant, had to handle female clothing. So that's something that he's uncomfortable with because of because of his mother, um, I think it's safe to say, and I think we said it before, that Rorschach is, is a virgin. Yeah, yeah. And and he has no interest in being involved with a woman sexually because the only the it's only thing dirty. he's... Right. The only thing he's seen of it is what he sees with his mom and then what he sees with prostitutes on the street. And, and he doesn't know a different side. He doesn't know like a side of like, you know, a loving relationship or anything else. Like, this is all he sees. And right, it's dirty. It's, it's filthy. Mm-hmm. And... And the only thing he ever sees are just pe- women selling themselves and guys buying them, you know, uh, or being being brutalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, 1962. So he's been doing this for six years now. Special order for a dress. Sorry, special order for dress in uh, new Doctor Manhattan uh, spinoff fabric. Viscous fluids between two layers, latex heat and pressure sensitive. Customer, young girl, Italian. Um, Italian name, never collected order, said dress looked ugly. Um, wrong, not ugly at all. Black and white, moving, changing shape, not mixing, no gray. Very, very beautiful. I'm sorry. Like, that, that dress moving like that on something like, that, that, I'm, that just seems like it'd be kind of awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he says, uh, nobody wanted it. Um, I meant for me, took it home, learned to cut it using heated implements to reseal the latex. When I cut it enough, it didn't look like a woman's, um, like a woman anymore. So that's kind of, um, kind of, I guess, maybe telling in a way. You say that you think he kind of hates women. Well, um, I think he's scared of women. I don't think he scared. hates them. Okay. Scared of women. And I think in a way he does, he does dislike women in, when they come across in a certain way. Yeah. Like in this woman here, like here's this dress that was made, special order. And she's like, I'm not going to pay for that. That's ugly. And, and then, you know, he's like, and he's like, you know, you're, you're, you're an ugly person. Right. And, um, and then, uh, you know, he, he takes and he, he cuts a dress up and, you know, to where it doesn't look like, um, it doesn't look like a woman's dress anymore. Um, and so, um, then he realized the woman who ordered the dress is killed. And it's like, they, that, that, there's that connection there between the woman, the dress, the murder, and it all just kind of like, kind of comes to this thing. It was like something like I. People need to be protected, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, as in, and even in this where he's like, I didn't like the woman. I didn't think she was a good person, but I didn't. I didn't want any harm to come to her. Right. 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 Um. So it's not like I feel justified that this happened to her because she was a mean, ugly person or whatever. It's like no, these are completely unrelated things. You mm-hmm. know. Um, she didn't deserve to happen that happened to her. But again, it's like this is the first time that this kind of thing has come home. Yeah, just like it is for the doctor, where it's yeah. like because that was somebody that he at least peripherally knew of. Right, like he he'd seen her, he knew her name. That always makes a difference when you hear about somebody dying. 
it's a very, very real difference when it's somebody that you know who they are. And it's like, oh, damn, <laughs> I've been in the same room as that person. I wonder if he somehow maybe felt responsible because he cuts up the dress and he says, you know, when I'm done, no longer looks like a woman. Mm-hmm. And then soon afterwards, someone attacks and tortures her in this. And, and maybe he was like, you know, maybe I was somewhat responsible because I cut this dress up to, you know, right. and now because I didn't want it to look like a woman. Anymore. Right. And, and now, you know, this thing happened to her. So like, obviously like that's, it's, it's not, I didn't, I didn't actually physically having doing like not like was my bad thoughts, put that right, out there, right. but you know, it's like sometimes like, Ooh, that's, that's really coincidental. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and from there, the psychiatrist talks about, um, well, you know, you've been conditioned with a negative worldview. There are good people, too. And he's just like, you? <laughs> and I like how the psychiatrist then on the next page says, um, Kovacs, Kovacs hate, uh, hated his mother. After her death, he needed somewhere to put his anger. And so he chose a criminal fraternity. Um, so in the, as he justifies it, but you see he's got this kind of blank stare in his eye. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, the flimsy story about Kitty Genovese is obviously to justify his behavior to himself. It's perfectly simple case solved. It's like, but even there, he's, he's trying to tell himself that, but he, you can tell he doesn't believe it because obviously he's, Kovac's been away from his mom since 16. He's like 22 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't become a crime fighter yet. Yeah, yeah. So if that's what he wanted to do, he would have started doing that a long time ago. Yeah. It's, and even after, like, it's not until the kitty thing that it happens. And he's like, well, this flimsy story is just a way to justify the baby. But no, it's, he, he could have been doing that already if that's what he wanted to do. If it was all tied to his mother, he could have been doing that a long time ago. Right, right. Um, so it's, uh, you know, and I think that it, it slowly starts to, starts to, like, eat into them that, uh, this the this view of the world and everything within it and and just how how wrong he's been uh it's it's and how he's like he's never really it's almost in this point he's never really seen the world um and he's seeing it all now for the first time mm-hmm. and i'm not sure if you noticed that um when he when he's talking to him he's got a bottle of uh i guess like a like maybe like a my lanta or something like that on the table. And he's unscrewing after he talks to Rorschach to lead him away. And he's going to, and you know, he's going to take something to settle his stomach. Right. But then when he's in his office that night, he's got two bottles sitting there on his desk. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, and then when he's meeting with Rorschach, uh, you know, again, or Kovacs, he's got three bottles. One's empty. And the other two are sitting there, uh, that are uh, still capped and full. Yep. So it's like, it's getting to him. It's it's getting him, and not just when he's with Rorschach. It's when it's when he's not there. It's like it's it's he can't shake it. Yeah. It's like you know, once you've seen, you can't unsee. Yeah, yeah. It just it just eats at him. All right, there, folks. That was our moms think we're funny. Let's uh. Let's give him a hand.